Palimpsest. Noun. Something reused or altered, but still bearing traces of its original form. One billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Hello, and welcome to Palimpsest, our Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'll be your GM. We pick back up with the group as they decide what their next step is after having convinced the bounty hunters that their quarry was elsewhere. We also get our first official combat in this episode. While combat is not the focus of Numenera, it's always still fun to have a good fight in a game. This time around, ruins are discovered, creatures are fought, and some strange sounds are heard. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory continue to uncover the palimpsest that is the Ninth World. So I have a question. Yes. For Zan. Yes. My oddity that I have Uh is a small square cage that puts whatever single creature is inside it into stasis. Is that only usable on creatures specifically? Like it has to be a living thing. I don't trust this cipher they gave us. And I want to know if I can kind of disable it by putting it in this box. You know what? I'm going to allow that because that sounds cool. Okay, cool. So while while we're still having this argument, I do that. And as soon as it's in sealed inside the box, then I immediately go back to the way that I normally sound and I stop arguing. I'm just not sure that this is actually a voice changer. Better to be safe. Yeah, all right. Sounds right. We should take it back with us and have someone look at it. Works for me. What if it's recording what we're saying? Thus, the stasis box. That's kind of a neat trick. We should, uh, we should keep heading this way for a little while. Let's wait till they're definitely out of sight. Let's make camp here, since supposedly we've been running all night. Good idea. And then we can head north, check out those ruins, and then we should definitely book it back to the encampment. Or to the, uh, settlement. I think we should be heading back to the settlement sooner than, I mean... The ruins would be nice. I mean, definitely yeah. keep those on the radar, but... Well, they're not going anywhere. We could check it out later. Man, if they're going somewhere, we really should have been on top of that a while ago, but, uh... But I don't think that's terribly likely, so... I'm just saying that if we... If they look back across the grasslands and can still see us, and we're heading in a direction that doesn't make oh, no, sense... No. I agree. Let's give it some time. Just putz around a bit, and then... Call it. Right, so you're just gonna... What was the direction you were headed? I would recommend we at least take a swing north, then. Even if we don't go to the ruins, we should look like we're headed that way at first. Let's stay here for a couple of hours, and then we'll head up north, back around, and start heading back down south after we clear some ways. Now I'm gonna make some Ben Bane. Okay. (laughs) I will have some this time. Oh, good. I mean, you did last time. So I did, not, I know. did. And I will have some again. It okay, is good. I think I fine. will as well. Oh, good. Here's to hoping you don't die. How often does that happen? The consummation devoutly to be wished. See? It's better not to know. Oh, boy. You make your way north a little bit, just to give credence to the story that you have on the off chance that they're watching you or that they double back for some reason towards whatever ruins that this bounty hunter gang had talked about. And to be fair, you actually have no idea how far away this ruins is. It's possible that you might not even encounter it. But you you continue on north for a little while. You eventually do happen upon what you think that they were talking about. Ruins is a very generous term for this. What it appears to be was perhaps a very old and ancient structure of some sort that maybe at one point was a a stash or housed 
things or people, but maybe a, a research station or a communications base, something like that, not a full-on enclosure of any sort. You walk into what looks to be a mostly crumbled tower and peer around. This place has been raided. There's not much of anything clearly cleaned out by maybe this group that you met or maybe people previous, maybe a combination, but there's there's nothing here any longer, at least not of, of note. As you pop back out of the tower, you hear a strange growl from the other side of this kind of collapsed stone structure. Oh, good. Hmm. What was that? They didn't come back for us, did they? I don't think they'd howl. There's got to be a thing. Being odd reaction to get our attention. Okay, all right. Um, let's be quiet and mm -hmm. sneak and see what we can see, yeah? All right. So you sneak around the structure? Mm-hmm. You move around to the back, and it's it's large enough that it takes you, like, you can't see around there just by peering. You actually have to move around a little bit. You see a four-legged creature kind of tearing into the carcass of something. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Kind of growling and, and yipping and going on about eating this meal that it found, killed. Who knows? What's it eating? Do we need to know? <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm a curious person. Okay, okay. If you think we should go, we can go. As you go to turn around, you hear another growl from the other side of you. And this time, as you turn to look, it is another one of these creatures. And seeing it from the front gives you a very different feel for what it is that you're encountering. You have a very canine-like body. Four legs, short stubby tail, muscular arms, and a, a barreled rib cage. Uh, but for a head, it's significantly more avian, almost giving the appearance that there is like a bird's skull mounted onto this head of a gaunt mm -hmm. dog. You all know this to be a broken hound. Oh, that does not sound pleasant. I'm picturing just like skeletal non-winged hippogriff. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. So like I said, a very, a very skeletal, gaunt dog with a bird skull and glowing eyes is meeting you around the corner of the structure, kind of giving this low growl as it faces off, and you hear footsteps crunching on the grass and gravel of this area. More, you think, coming around from the outside edge. Okay, what do we do? Back to back, we gotta okay. do this. As the one who is eating notices that something is going on, it turns around and gives a unearthly yowl. The rest of the group tears around the edge and begins to jump at you. I am going to have everyone roll their initiative. You are just trying to go faster than the creature, so it'll be player or creature. Thirteen. Thirteen. You will be going faster. Seventeen. As will Nehemiah. As will Smallrin. Um, you only needed to roll a six to go faster than them. However, because there is a pack, as they start jumping and lunging at you, you can count eight of them. Oh, Ooh. lovely. Which means they work... They are only a level two creature, but because they have a pack, they have slightly different statistics. If they choose to do certain things, they can attack as though they are a level four creature. So, all of you are going before them, so you have your chance to do whatever it is you would like to do, in whatever order the three of you would like to do that. As they leap in, I will attack with my sword staff. Okay. I've got that big honking thing out in front of me, and I'm ready to go with it. Wonderful. Go ahead and make a difficulty to might check. That is a success. Wonderful. How much damage? That is six damage. Awesome. You take its head clean off. You swing it through, 
and that creepy bird skull goes flying and the body drops to the ground. This, however, does not seem to deter the rest of them. I swing it and I plant the sword staff into the ground oh, and I am okay. holding on to the to the handle and I'm ready to make my next attack. Awesome. I would like to take my action this round then to create a deadly poison and okay. coat my forearm blade with it. Wonderful. Okay, so that's going to be three intellect points, I believe, to do that. Nehemiah had called for everyone to hunch up back to back. So you guys are in like a small, tight circle. So you kind of like drop to a knee, pull out a couple different components, mix them fast and coat your blade in some sort of dark, viscous liquid. Jory. I'm going to go ahead and quarterstaff them. Okay. And again, that is going to be a difficulty two might check. Okay. <laughs> Success. Awesome. And you, because you got a 17, you get plus one damage. So normally a medium weapon does four. Is that correct? That's correct. So five. You swing your staff around and catch one in the rib cage and actually kind of like sticks through their ribs a little bit. And it yelps and limps off to the side, looking much the worse for wear. Whew, stay away. Since I uh, did kill one this round, can I use that as my action to step in front, which is an ability that I have to draw the attack so that enemies will attack me instead of my target and I gain additional armor? Yes, you can do that. So you had readied yourself by planting that, that sword spear in the ground and you kind of like step in front of the others between the main group of broken hounds and they launch an attack at you. So this is going to be a difficulty four speed defense. I do have one edge in that, so can I burn a little bit of speed to make that a bit easier for me? Sure, that'll be two points out of your pool if you want to put a level of effort into that. Absolutely. I'll drop that down to a three. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I will roll. Success. Oh, a 20. Oh, awesome. And a major effect. Uh, do you have something in mind that you would like to happen here? Because this is your defense roll. So it comes running at me. I grab this thing by its terrible skull head, <laughs> and I want to run and lift myself up and swing it myself around like a trapeze artist, which I was uh, previously, and launch him into somebody else. Perfect. You launch this broken hound that had been charging at you straight into one that was just off to the side, and they both kind of stumble and fall over each other in a gruesome heap. Not dead, but dazed for a moment. That is their turn. They kind of attacked as a group, all going for Nehemiah there. And so we are at the players' turns again. Excellent. I will uh, go ahead and make another attack at that uh, pile of hounds that I just made. Sure. Um, it would... Uh, normally be a level four, but I'm going to give you an asset for having that major mm -hmm. effect and cool. kind of pushing them into a pile. So, okay, so that is a difficulty three, three might check? Correct. Great. Ooh! Okay. I beefed so, that ooh. one. From top to the bottom. Ooh, not one. Mm -hmm. So this will be a GM intrusion. Yep. All right, so you go and take a running leap at this kind of collection of fallen hounds and as you do so your mind is elsewhere just for a moment and you plant your sword spear just a hair too soon and instead of kind of launching into them to make an attack you trip and go short and falling on your face you are now face to face with them and on mm -hmm. the ground yep you take no extra damage but you are now on the ground and very very close to them yep that makes sense small rin or jory I would, I would like to take a swing at them with my forearm blade. Also, I want to clarify, light weapons ease the attack roll, correct? By one step, rather. So these are level four right now, because since they are moving as a pack, so it would be a level three for you with a light weapon. Cool. And I'm going to spend some might for a point of effort as awesome. well. Three, if you do not have edge and might. Yes! Hey! All right, so that is... With that, that'll be three points of damage plus five points of damage from the poison. You seeing Nehemiah trip, there's another hound that's kind of like coming off to the side, about to lunge at his leg as, as he's prone. And you kind of just slide in and slashing all the way up its 
gory rib cage and applying this poison, and it flops over with its tongue hanging out dead. Nice. Jory. I will also come to the defensive aid of Nehemiah, and I will quarterstaff again. One of the ones that is kind of in front of him? Yes. Okay. Yes, please. Go ahead and make that difficulty four might. Not gonna go well. Uh, Oh, success anyway. Hey. Four damage. You just come down cracking hard on the top of this one's skull, and it is knocked out cold and falls to the ground. (laughs) So that is three you have down so far out of the eight. And I will face to protect uh, our prone friend. Wonderful. They will make their attack again. And at this point, Nehemiah is prone, but Jory, you are standing right in front of him. Yes. So they will attack you. Go ahead and make me a difficulty for speed defense roll. Okay. Success. Wonderful. You're rolling very well. This is good. So there's three hounds that kind of like jump up and snap at you and you very quickly kind of just like push them out of the way with your quarterstaff and reset so that you are still kind of standing protectively over the ground, Nehemiah. Um, And they do not, they do not hit you. All right. Player's turn again. Well, I'm just going to rebound off of that and go whack him again. All right. Let's, let's play whack a hound. All right, shove all three of them away, and then I'll go ahead and... That's a might roll, yeah? Yep. Of difficulty four. Okay. Okay, might roll. But do Fail. Most of your energy and focus was spent trying to push them away and get out of the way as they were attacking you, and you lunge to try and crack its skull again and just whiff. It's all right. I will uh, come in right behind and make another uh, a tap at whacking a hound here. Awesome. I will <laughs> spend some might to ease that up a bit so it is a difficulty three. Perfect. Right. And roll. Success. Wonderful. Woo. And once again, because that does six points of mm-hmm. damage, that's going to down one. What does that look like for you this time? I, uh, as Jory leaps forward and tries to make a stab at one, that gives me just enough room to swing myself around. And that's considerable con- seeing as I have a heavy weapon. And as I swing it around, I just clock one right upside the head and send it flying. And I'm standing right next to Jory. Back up. Smallrin. I'm just going to go in with the forearm blade again. Do the thing. Do that thing. Do that thing. Not going to do that thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's okay. Attempt to do that Attempt thing. Attempt to do the thing. <laughs> yeah. You go to attack another hound with your forearm blade, but the one that you downed previously gets in your way and you can't quite reach. All right, it is their turn. Nehemiah, you're back up now, right? Yep. Okay, so they're going to go after you again, so go ahead and make me that difficulty four speed defense roll. Okay. Four roll. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Rolling poorly tonight, GM intrusion. Boy, oh boy. So, this broken hound lunges at you and bites down into your arm, and it's inflicting eight points of might damage. Now, I do have two armor. Yes, so that decreases it by two, so you'll take six. Okay. But as you do so, you realize that more so than the others, while the others still kind of look kind of like decaying and skeletal. This one mm-hmm. is looks plague-ridden. Ooh. And it bites down on your arm, and as it does so, a weird green, gooey substance is frothing at its jaw. Make a might defense roll of four. Okay. Success! Okay. For right now, you're able to to stand against it, but you can definitely feel that this is some sort of like caustic weirdness Mm. that is now kind of eating at your arm that you're probably going to need to see to sooner rather than later or else it might do more damage to you. Yep. All right. Mm. That was their turn. Player's turn. I would like to take a swing at the one currently biting Nehemiah. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, For sure. And try to to get it to let go. Okay. Um, Go ahead and make that roll. I'm going to use a point of effort. Mm -hmm. That'll be three points. 
the thing. Yes. All right. Wonderful. Do the thing. So you you slash at it, inflicting that two points of damage, and it is enough to make it release its bite and shake its head and focus a little bit more on you for the moment. I'm going to thwack it as well, because that's what I do. Okay, thwack. Be prepared. Might roll. No, nothing. Too enthusiastic. I went right past it. There you go. <laughs> Nehemiah. Can I use my action to recover? Yes, absolutely. So how do I do that mid-combat? So it's just, that is your turn this round. You're going to roll a okay. D6 plus your tier. Your tier is currently one, and that is how many okay. points to any pool you can recover. Okay. Seven. Nice. Okay, so I'm going to put that back into my Perfect. And I just kind of recoil back from this terrible thing and shake my arm out. Yeah. And I'm back in action, and uh, there we go. Yeah, that's Wonderful. me. Wonderful. All right. So, having changed the focus here, Smallrin, they are going to go after you. Can you make me a difficulty four speed defense roll? I'm also going to spend a level of effort mm -hmm. there. Yay! Cool. So you rolled an 18. Unfortunately, it doesn't do anything extra unless you're rolling for damage in this case. But I'll take it. <laughs> It's still very much a success. This hound lunges at you, and you very quickly kind of dodge out of the way, and it almost gets you, but it runs right past your leg. All right. That is their turn. Back to you guys. So if I took kind of a dive to get mm -hmm. away from this, I would like to then kind of, like, push up with my dagger into its stomach. Mm -hmm. Sure. And try to cut this thing open. Absolutely. Yes. Nice. So you deal Stomach another... stab. Two. You deal two damage to this, this sucker. Stabbing up and into its ribcage. It yowls and yips. Stabity, stab, stab, stab. Mia or Jory? I will go ahead and burn more might to ease. It's still difficulty four, right? Correct. Okay, I will burn a little bit of might to ease that up a bit and uh, make another attack. Success. Awesome. The Is there a specific one you wanted to go for or just any of them? I'll go for a clean one because okay. I seem to be taking care of them right. pretty handily. Yeah. And from my newly retracted position, I just bring the whole staff forward and bring it straight down into the ground through another one. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. It collapses on the ground dead. Mm -hmm. The remaining three at this point, because you have dealt with five of them, all of them at this point are injured from attacks that Jory and Smallrin have made at them. And they kind mm -hmm. of like start backing away, still growling and making strange noises, but they have realized that this is probably not a fight that they are going to be able to, to win. This is not the easy meal they thought it was going to be. And they start right. kind of limping and backing away, and once they get to a certain point, they're going to turn tail and make a run for it. Is there anything you guys would like to do before they bolt off? No. no. I'm good. No. Yeah. I will kick the dirt after them. <laughs> they make a run for it, hightailing out, and Jory kind of like just kicks a couple stones saying, yeah, serves you right, as they run off. I would like to examine the bodies, see if there's anything useful or anything to be learned. And I would like to examine the thing they were eating. Sure. The the bodies, for as far as you can tell, are typical broken hounds, except for the one that bit Nehemiah. Also, Nehemiah, can you make me another might defense? At this point, it's going to be a little bit less. It's going to be a, a difficulty of two. Okay. Jesus. That's my third nat one of the night. Seriously. Shoot. Okay. So in, in this case, you automatically are going to move down one on the damage track. Okay, so, so I am impaired. Yes. You look down at your arm and see this, again, this green kind of caustic, acidic mm. substance, and it starts really hurting, and you think maybe it's starting to get into your bloodstream because you're feeling 
really off balance and you need to take a sit down for the moment. Is that one dead? Yes. Good. I kick it. (laughs) I'd like to go to that one and take out a little file from inside my pack and scrape some of the caustic stuff into it. Just Just to have. That sounds right. You can do that. That's fine. The body that they were, that the one was tearing at, Jory, it is not humanoid necessarily. Mm-hmm. Hard. To, it, it's, it is well rotted and torn apart at this point. It's kind of impossible to tell what it was. It was a creature of some sort. They probably okay. scavenged it. Okay. Just wanted to make sure it wasn't a person. It was not to seem to be a person. Um, this is a stretch, but I want to run it past you. Considering my experience with poisons can i attempt to make some kind of tourniquet for the upper part of nehemiah's arm to try and keep whatever this is from spreading Mm -hmm. go ahead and make me an intellect roll difficulty four i'm going to apply a level of effort which i have edge for success nice so you are able to to do that you have him sit down and you take out a little bit of rope from your pack and you're able to keep the blood flow low enough that it's obviously not going to allow this poison to spread much farther but it's not going to like cut his arm off completely from circulation thank you this isn't great you okay Nope. I'll be fine. Eventually. No, I I think we should get back. Yeah, I I I would like to go back to the place with the beds, please. Well that can be anywhere if we have a bedroll. The place with the beds off the ground. I know what you mean though, fine, I'll sass it down. Should we look around a bit? Uh maybe you could have a have a seat. That's that I should be good. Take a poke around. I would like to look around for Fun stuff. <laughs> you want to do some delving? Yes, in these ruins. Go ahead, and this is also going to be intellect for looking around. Make me an intellect. Because this is well picked over, I'm going to say level five. Okay. Do I get trained in this? Yeah, absolutely. This is literally what you are built for. <laughs> built? Built? Success! It takes you a little while. Smallrin starts helping you at first, but kind of loses interest as you are, like, very, like, hyper-focused, dedicated to definitely finding something here. After a little while, she wanders off, and you're just able to full-on go into your zone. You find two things. Go ahead and roll me a d100. Okay. Ten. Wonderful. (coughs) You find a small silver pendant, and you go to pick it up, and you hear a sound, like as though there was a chain attached to it, but there's no chain visibly that you can see attached to it. And as you feel around, there is a chain there. It is just completely invisible. The pendant is visible, but the chain is not. Okay. Oh. Cool. This is neat. Look at this. Ah, I swing it around uh, on my finger so that it looks like I just have an orbit of a pendant <laughs> around my digit. Good. Good. Well, that's yep. interesting. Yeah. I don't know what use this could be, but I like it. So I'm going to put it in my pocket. You know what? I lied. I'm going to wear it around my neck. You also find a small jar. It's circular, maybe about four inches uh, in diameter and about as tall. Inside, there are dozens of tiny insects if you would like to make any sort of intellect check we'll say level three to figure out what these are fail Ooh, these look like a bunch of bugs i found a bunch of bugs if she shows it to us can we try to figure out what it is yeah for sure intellect fail whole bunch of bugs whole bunch of bugs small wren doesn't even know what bugs are <laughs> anemia we have a question for you you just catch on fire yeah i think i just catch on fire with my what is it fourth nat one of the night i think this means that your name is now actually anemia Mm. so i will say that roll 20 is not known for being awesome to players sometimes i've never seen it be that 
bad. It's being yeah. mean. We need yeah. We need to cleanse this. Like wow, get some sage. God, in here. Can we burn? I was gonna say, can we burn some sage inside the game? We can try. Jory, you show this jar of insects to Nehemiah, and he just kind of looks at it. It's like cute bugs. Cool bugs, bro. See, this makes me really mad because if it's what I think it is, it's really cool. I will keep the jar of mysterious bugs. <laughs> I mean, they've been here for a minute, so they're probably like magic bugs. <laughs> you need a nap. That's what I think. Yes. Yes, I do. But also, we should probably get back. This has taken a little while. Nehemiah is not getting much better at the moment, and Jory is exhausted every inch of this area for any possible useful items. So you guys quickly pack up your things and start heading back to the settlement of Legam. It takes you a day and a half because you kind of like went in a large triangle almost. As you get back, it is mid-afternoon and you walk up to one of the openings in the outer wall and standing there is an individual who is easily seven and a half, maybe eight feet tall, arms crossed with a giant hammer sitting at their feet and a visor of purple swirling color over their face. Do we recognize this individual from last time we were here? You did not see this person last time you were here. And you think you would have noticed. Do I recognize him? You do not. Okay. Hello? Can we, uh, can we go in? We've been on an assignment from Eidos, and our friend is hurt. Hi. At the mention of Eidos, and in looking at Nehemiah, the color of this person's helm, this, this visor helmet that's covering the entirety of their head and face, starts to shift color a little bit. It's going more like a green starts swirling in to it. I think his mood just changed. Can't tell if that's good or bad. Um, uh, can we can we go in, good person? Not. Why does face turn purple? I don't know. I don't. Don't say it too loud. Maybe sensitive about. After after a brief moment, arms still crossed, they kind of just like pivot on one foot, stepping to the side, allowing you to pass. Okay. Cool. Um. Thanks. Thank you, door sir. Yes. I vote that we go see Rufus first. He seems to be the one in charge of dispensing things, and he may be able to point us to some sort of healer. Okay, good idea. Rufus. I'll go get Rufus. Good idea. Why don't we have have a seat, and why don't you start by telling me your name, just to make sure you're okay. My name's Nehemiah. I'm very sleepy all the time. What what was your name again? Nehemiah. I don't think that's right. Start again. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. It doesn't sound. Something sounds backwards. I don't know. Smallrin is already too far away to know that she has made a mistake. (laughs) Walking through the settlement looking for Rufus. Eventually you find them uh, underneath that structure with the sphere sitting in the middle of these three spikes that have more spikes coming off of them essentially and they are working at a table looking up at the sphere making some notes fiddling with a couple of things making more notes clearly working on something here rufus we're back but we need some help oh help with what nehemiah was bitten by something oh you said that you could help out to a certain extent, as a healer. Yes, yes, yeah, that is that is something I can do. Give, give me a moment, I have to... If I don't write this down now, I will forget it. Give me just a moment. And they go back to, to writing something down. And as you are waiting for this, your satchel starts humming. Oh no. I open my satchel. And it is the stasis cube. Oh no. I don't take it out of my satchel, but I just kind of examine it in my satchel. Is it just that it's humming, or is it, like, 
smoking. It's not smoking, it's humming. It looks like there might be light coming from it, but not in an explosive way, but kind of in the way that, like, a tiny disco ball might give off light. Oh, no. I, Rufus, I have to go do a thing. And I tell him where to find, um, where to find Nehemiah and Jory and just ask him to please hurry. And then I take, take my satchel, close the satchel back up and start moving briskly towards the nearest edge of the settlement. You're at almost the dead center right now. So it really doesn't matter which direction you go. Any way will be the closest. So I head east. I'm going to head east. Perfect. You head out to the east and go outside the outer wall. Is it still humming and buzzing? And It is. Great. Perfect. Make me an intellect check level four. I'm going to use a point of effort. Yep. With my edge. success. So you are trying to come up with the best possible scenario of what to do here. What you're thinking is this is a trap, a homing beacon, something that they have sent after us. As you are just kind of like holding the stasis cube, thinking about how you're going to get rid of this thing, you hear another humming. Four octaves lower. Coming from the sphere. Coming from the structure? Yes. It could be just that whatever this is is reacting to the sphere itself and isn't some sort of homing beacon. As you are thinking about what to do, I'm going to jump to Nehemiah and Jory. Nehemiah, you're leaning against the outside wall, Jory quizzing you incorrectly on your name. Mm -hmm. Rufus briskly but calmly walks up. Well, um... Rufus. (laughs) <laughs> yes, uh, hello. Hi, um, my friend here needs some help. I got bit. See that? By what? Big old bird dog thing. Bird dog thing, oh. Oh, you ran into broken hounds. Broke, yeah. Busted puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Busted puppies! <laughs> oh, that's all I'm calling them from now uh. on. Oh, no. The busted puppy bit me, bit me here, and I point to, you know... Where my armor is a little disintegrated and it's kind of gangrenous just a bit. Well, give me a moment. I think that we can, we can make this better. And they step back for a moment, close their eyes and concentrate. And their hand, the right hand, begins to glow. Remind me what color it glows, Chase? It's an orange That's glow. what I thought, but I wanted to double check. Yeah. This deep calming orange glow emanates from their hand and they reach out and touch on your arm where this disgusting creature Mm -hmm. had had bitten you and the that feeling of wooziness and the, the brain fog just fade away as this orange light sinks into you and emanates through your body you do heal five to any one stat pool, so I'm assuming might. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the poison is also purged from your system. You are no longer have an infection. Whew. So what, I, am I hail once yes, more? Yes, you are hail. Excellent. Yay. Oh, that was... That was neat. Now, I can't do that very often, so I would highly suggest not getting into those situations frequently, but... Yeah, not planning on it. They were... Those were bad dogs. They were very bad dogs. (laughs) (sighs) Now, if you'll excuse me, I have some research to get back to. Yeah, go, go for it. Thanks. Thank you. Of course. And while you didn't see it, Previously, because you were a little fuzzy, Bot-Bot rolls up to you, pats you on the foot with her little arm, and then turns around mm-hmm. and rolls after Rufus. Hi. This little turtle-shelled construct. How you feeling? Better. You know your name yet? It's still Nehemiah. Oh, you're right this time. Look at you. <laughs> Must have been that poison. <laughs> Must have been. 
because a lot of this is kind of happening at the same time, Rufus gets back to the center structure right about the time as it starts making that very low hum, matching the tone, but lower, of what you have, Smallrin. And you guys are all at least within distance at this point that you hear them start shouting, Eidos! Eidos, get over here! Eidos, it's singing! Oh, what's happening? It's singing. When I hear him start shouting, I start briskly walking away from the settlement. I want to see if taking it further away can reverse whatever has started to happen. Once you get about a hundred feet outside the settlement walls, the effects wear off. Excellent. I go a little bit further just to be safe, and then I kneel down and dig a small hole in the ground with my dagger and put this into it, cover it up, and on top of it, I have a pack of light tools, which I mm-hmm. would assume includes some sort of like hammer or crowbar or something. Yeah. I just stick like a crowbar into the ground sticking up as a marker. Okay. And then head back at a brisk run to speak with Rufus and Edos about why the globe was singing. <laughs> Nehemiah and Jory, are you heading towards the center as well? Yes. Yeah. The three of you meet in the center just as Edos is coming up as well. And Rufus looks up at it. I swear, I swear, just a moment ago, it was making... It was humming. It was so. It was low, and it, I swear it was. It stopped. Dang it! And they go back to scribbling things on their paper. I may have some insight into why or how. I thought it best to keep it away for now, but I do have it outside the settlement walls. If you would like to come see it, Rufus or Edos or everyone. Rufus kind of looks up, just very quickly nods enthusiastically. Edos calmly folds their hands and and looks at you. Yes, yes, please show me what it is that you found that caused this and stopped this for that matter. Take us, take us, take us to where you put it. Please follow me. Lead everyone back out to the east, outside of the walls for about 115 feet, where my little crowbar is. Awesome. I assume you dig it up and show them? Yes. Okay. Edos asks to to hold it and turns it over in their hands. It is, if I understand this correctly, something that would change a sound, probably your voice. Yes? That was what we were told. We weren't sure, so I put it in my stasis box. Mm. That is a smart move. Yeah. Mm. Would you mind if we moved closer to see if we can replicate what happened previously? I leave that decision to you. This is your settlement. They slowly start walking towards the settlement again. And within about a hundred feet of that outside wall, that humming begins. And you assume that the sphere sitting cradled in the structure is also humming, but you are too far to be able to hear it at this point. You walk closer and closer, and both sounds begin to get louder. You can now hear the low tone from the sphere mixing with the sound coming from the box in Edos's hand. They get louder and louder until you get right up next to it. And as you do, this box begins to flash in a multicolored light, almost as though there was something inside, kind of creating a little mini light show. And it begins to unfold into a flat hexagon. And as it does so, it starts to float up in the air and is drawn to the sphere almost like a magnet. It adheres to the side, and as it does so, like a patch, 
The colors pulse out from the hexagon, traveling all over the sphere on the surface of it in complex and colorful patterns. Patterns that look like they were almost always a part of that sphere rather than being added to it by the strangely reactive cipher. The sphere continues to hum, and the tone from the cipher fades as it becomes one with this. And for a moment, the sphere actually rises. It begins to float just a couple of feet. Rather than being cradled in this three-pointed structure, it begins to float a little bit above it, still humming. And as it does so, over the humming, you actually hear singing, a voice singing. a language unknown to you. After about 30 seconds of listening to this song, the lights sputter and flash and begin to die out. The song fades and the sphere sinks back into its cradled structure. You can still maybe hear a little bit of the humming, but it cuts in and out. If you listen very closely, you might be able to hear the voice, but piecing together any of those sounds is hard, as it is almost staticky, like a bad connection. Okay. Alright. Well, that's new? Yeah, we'll go with new. Okay. Certainly unusual. Is that supposed to happen? Rufus is, like, furiously writing things down, not, like, does not even like pay attention to what it is you're saying is just nodding and writing a very excitedly huge smile across their face. Edos is also smiling, but is much more reserved than Rufus is. That, that is new and very, very exciting. We have known for a long time that this structure creates sound, but we've been trying to figure out why or how or this is a new development and this is wonderful i would like to spend time trying to hear these words and find out what language this is even if it takes many many hours of listening in between the pauses and breaks thank you i know i sent you on on a task to help the collective people that had come to us previously, but this is a greater gift and a greater show of, of faith, I feel. If the three of you would like it, you have a home here. Legam is yours to stay and to help lift up, if you show choose. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sounds all right. I'd like that. Yeah. There are many things to take care of and see to here. And I hope that you would eventually take part in those, but for right now, rest, take your time, get to know this place a little better, and know that you have a home now, even if you previously didn't. Edos walks back and kind of looks over Rufus's shoulder as they are continuing to scrawl notes across paper as Bot-Bot kind of, this little construct kind of bounces up and down as much as a little robot with treads can bounce. And the three of you are kind of left to just relax and take care of yourself for the next day or two. Mm-hmm. And that is where we will close out. Game.
Thank you so much for listening to Episode 5 of Palimpsest. If you haven't, please subscribe to the podcast and take the time to leave us a nice rating and review on whatever podcatcher will let you. You can also find us on social media. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at PalimpsestCast and our website at palimpsestcast.com. You can also find the hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. Please also check out our network, Ghostlight Media. You can find us at ghostlightmedia.net. There you will find links to all the other podcasts in the group, as well as all the ways you can help support us. And on that note, I would like to thank current patrons Kim, Jeremy, and Shogun for their support. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear the next episode of Palimpsest. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Palimpsest is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenlee, and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music by Justin Longacre. The song you heard from the sphere structure is called Dorame, with lyrics by Zan Campbell-Johannes and music by Carlin Campbell-Johannes. It was performed by Bridget Randolph. This has been a Ghost Light Media production. I can still hear Zoran ask. Dice Tower Theaters, Dawn of Dragons. A unique narrated audio drama based around a basement tabletop role-playing game. Six children grow up in the dawning epicenter of a new war. Two brothers, Benedict the Pious and Careful, and Zane the Carefree, are joined by their younger cousin, Cordelia, the blacksmith and seamstress's daughter. Their friends, Zoran, the son of the local justice, and Sophie, the abandoned sister of a young and beautiful sword for hire, accompany them on this journey. Sword sorcery and adventure await to engage the listener along the way in our 20 minutes or less episodes. We hope you enjoy Dice Tower Theater's Dawn of Dragons, a proud member of the family-friendly Patagon Go Network. (laughs) I'm sorry, I... I was just thinking...